hey, I, I want to earn 100,000 yen. What do I need to do to get there? I was rejected in the first place, but then I was like, why don't I give it another try? In a negotiation, the one who comes most prepared is the one that wins. The first thing you do for at least a week is to just sh- shoving, shoving all the potatoes. Mm. That's why my first job was beating up pork in a restaurant. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Passion, Passion Project, Project Japan. Japan. I'm Theo. And I'm Gia. And today, we're going to talk about one of our most viral TikToks. Not viral, we have almost 18,000 or almost 20,000 views on this TikTok. It's how I earn 100,000 yen as a student in Japan. And uh, I think some people have requested that we turn it into a long-form podcast uh, episode. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. So in that video, I was the main person. But today, Theo's also going to share what he did or what he's doing to earn 100,000 in a month as a student in Japan as well. Yeah. So I, I think maybe first we can start with like why 100,000 yen? I think 100,000 yen is a little bit arbitrary. So like there's no like specific reason why it was 100,000 yen. Mm. But it's, it's just a good gauge because 100,000 yen used to be 1,000 US dollars. But I think with the exchange rate now, it's a little bit less than that. Mm. But we did some calculations or at least for me, I can, I can say for myself, before I came to Japan, I did some calculations of um, how much I should, you know, or want to earn. Uh, that will make me like live a comfortable life. And I think, to be honest, somewhere between the range of like Hachiman to well, 80,000 yen to 100,000 yen was a comfortable sum of money. Uh, that so, doesn't include the money that you can have on the scholarship as well, right? Because yeah. in order to pay for like rents and also electricity, all those kind of like living standards, utility stuff, then usually I would say you pay around 50k as a student. We are both on scholarship, so there is a living stipend. Mm. Um, but on top of that, we have to, you know, basically find some baito to, to supplement our income and make sure that we are able to, you know, do some fun stuff like travel and see Japan while we're here, mm. you know, buy some clothes, you know, some drip. Mm. So uh, today we're going to talk about like how we earn that money. Yeah. And I think it can be inspiring for you guys or maybe you have different paths or, or ways to earn, earn money. Yeah. Hey there. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, please do so. So, I knew before coming to Japan, because I did some research, that English teaching was probably going to be the best value per hour. So, one hour of teaching is about, what, 3,000 yen? Mm, that's the highest, uh, that's a high pay one. I mean, usually, because I'm also doing some teaching uh, jobs, um, I would say it ranged around um, 100 1500 to 300 per hour and if you're like an experienced teacher or if you're like a full-time teacher then you might get paid more okay but that's the range yeah because it depends on the job for the english teaching right for the yeah. english teaching i think english teaching is, is quite high whereas like um normal not normal baito but like the more restaurant baito or kombini baito mm. is about 1000 yen an hour mm. yeah even lower i mean depends on the minimum wage of each um so-called prefecture Prefecture. Uh, for example, in IG, the minimum wage is like uh, nine fifty an hour. Mm. So I worked in McDonald's once, and they paid me the exact minimum amount. And if you're doing, if you're working for, uh, if you need to do some kind of like transportation in order to go for your baito, then they would pay for the transportation as well. But other than that, then I would say if you, especially if you do like um, um, franchise kind of baito then they would pay you the minimum amount mm. yeah yeah I think 
my strategy coming into Japan was I wanted to work in the media industry. I kind of had that set before I even came to Japan. And so I kind of strategically tried to find ways or jobs that would allow me to work towards my goal. So this is not for everybody, I think, because not everybody has an idea of what exact industry they want to work towards. Mm -hmm. But if you do, if you have an idea of where you want to go towards, I would say that use this opportunity and find vitals that would be able to contribute to your network in the future or just to build your skills, mm. right? I agree. Um, my my approach is kind of different than yours. I mean, you kind of had like a financial plan, right? And that's amazing. But um, my approach was a little bit different. So I looked on a website. I was um, searching for an average um, monthly monthly spendings of a, of a student in Japan. And it would range around like 80 to 120K a month. A mm. month and so uh, on top of that i would want to have at least like several um a few months like a few thousand yen for like my own savings so that's why i put my my budget around like 150 the amount of money that i i should have in total a month mm. as a goal and then i already have like 40k for the scholarship i also got i also got another scholarship uh, beside the main one that i have so the rest is just like baito yeah. so that's what i did but I do agree with you that like um, maybe find a, a a job that is closer to your how to say your interest or like your career goal is way better than uh, sticking to one for a long time. For sure, yeah. Mm. That's why my first job was beating up pork in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I worked in a Singaporean restaurant. Uh, the whole point was actually uh, I wanted to number one learn how to cook because I I I don't know how to cook when i came to japan yeah so it was learning the kitchen skills number two is i wanted to practice japanese mm. right because when i first came to japan my japanese was awful and my senpai who worked in this restaurant it's called malayan by the way um it's a singaporean restaurant it's a singaporean restaurant yeah uh, so but but the, the 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 chef he doesn't speak english yeah so i thought okay this is a good chance for me to to learn or practice japanese but it was a bit a little bit difficult because when i came here i really had no japanese so I didn't even know what a carrot was in Japanese. So he would call out all these ingredients and I'll be completely lost. I'll be like, oh, ninjin. And then I would like produce like a, like a, the, what do you call that? Chingensai instead or, or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it was, it was a little bit difficult, but it served the purpose of, you know, building up some Japanese vocabulary <laughs> and most, most importantly, learning basic kitchen skills, like how to cut garlic. That's interesting because the first job that I had here as a baito was also doing some kitchen work. I said before I worked for the McDonald's, right? It was a really fun experience. They have a, a whole like um, handbook for you as a staff to, to, to do some training. So you come to the job, right? The first thing you do for at least a week is to sh shoving, shoving all the potatoes. And you oh, have like to the french fries? Yeah, the french fries. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, there's like SML size, right? You have to shove it in the perfect amount every single time. And once you're perfect with that, you can move to another station, which is called um, assembling the, the burgers. And once you're finished with the burgers, you can go to, you know, cooking the ingredients, the, 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 the patties or like uh, the nuggets. Um, and once you're mas mastering those kind of like uh, cooking skills, mm. then you can move to the counter or like drinks. So they, even within the kitchen, they have a very um, systemized um, ladder for you to mm. grow as a staff in McDonald's. 
So yeah. I learned a lot actually. The corporate ladder from McDonald's become mm. rise to become a manager. Yeah. You could have become a manager, right? Yeah, I I could have um, become a manager if I worked there for a long time. I mean, the the Sacho, like the the the, the store manager there, he was also just a part time worker as me. Mm. And then he worked there for I think three or four years, and then he become the store manager. And if he spent long uh, like the time long enough there, he can become like a region manager, or like even like the manager in the future. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's how it goes in McDonald's. So you can become a part time worker. From a part-time worker, you can become a, like a manager. So why do you quit the job and then how do you change to find another? Is it higher paid money, kind of? So when I when I quit the job, I didn't have a new job lined up. But I remember I was just on the train back after like a late shift. And I was like, man, I I think I don't want to be beating up the pork anymore. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's tiring and you just smell like oil and stuff huge respect for kitchen staff and anybody who's doing Baito there. But I just decided that, you know, I, I have some skills. Uh, I have some video skills and I want to move towards the media industry. So I kind of want to develop that and, and move towards that. So uh, that's where I decided to, you know, take the, the, the leap of faith, just, you know, end the Baito and, and, and try something else. Yeah. So yeah, so you did like um, kitchen work and then like some university jobs, but do you actually earn like 100K? No, yeah, definitely not 100k. It was much less than that, um, mm. which was fine uh, at the point. Because I mem- remember I, I had that strategy. So my first year, I'm okay with not earning like so much money. So I, I didn't really earn that much money uh, through all these different jobs. But it was getting me experiences and meeting new people. Uh, while I was working that university job, I got a call from one of my friends and network that I meet mm. through some of the student groups here. Mm. And he was like, hey, I'm starting this new organization as part of this IT firm. Do you want to come aboard and help me set it up? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. Who? Is it Kenny? Yeah. Kenny? Yeah, it's Kenny. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, I remember. Kenny, Kenny, shout out Kenny Lawas. Yeah, Kenny Lawas. <laughs> beautiful uh, boss from Indonesia. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you want to start this out with me? And so we did it. So uh, me and a couple of group of friends... Uh, we became friends there we basically organized events and we were trying to build this international community um, and that was pretty fun yeah of course we got paid by the IT firm um, and I think that through that experience I you know gained a lot of contacts and many good friends uh, from the organization you were there for quite a long time did you I kind of for- yeah. f- completely forgot but yeah <laughs> you kind of dedicated a lot of time with um, that community yeah, Actually. it was pretty fun. I think about like less than a year, and the pay was also pretty good. And so I'm, I'm, I was trying to move towards using more of my skills that I already had and building mm. on those skills so that I can bring more value to the company. And if I do that, then my plan was that my hourly rate would get higher, right? Mm. So and yeah. um, how much do you earn a, um a, an hour? Okay, so here's the thing. I I don't remember. I do remember it's between one thousand to one thousand five hundred. I don't remember the exact. Um, amount um, but I do remember that it was the kind of task task based so it's like okay there's this task we have to do this so I kind of log in my own hours um, mm. through the portal of the IT firm mm. um, and it's very like kind of self accountability oh yeah. so it's very flexible like you can just estimate how much hour you work on a certain task certain project and then you log into the system and then you get paid yeah I mean so if I'm working on um, that, that job I would basically sign in like a like what do you call it attendance sheet card Mm-mm-mm. thing yeah well, online 
and then I would just do it. So I could do it from home. I could go to their office and, and do it. And it was, of course, more fun to do it, like, you know, face in, mm-hmm. with, with people. Yeah, so uh, I did that. And that was a pretty fun experience, I think. I earned decently. Still not 100K, mm. uh, but it was pretty decent, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would say if um, you follow us quite a long time, then you would know that Theo works for YL, right? Ooh, I would say okay, that's yeah. a big change for you, though. No? Yeah, okay, so after the IT job was over, um, so the IT firm, I was basically, my role there was like social media stuff. And so through the experience, I was able to prepare the whole social media deck for them and the whole social media plan. Uh, I also joined like a student group and did the social media deck for them. So now I had these two examples. And remember at the start, I, this, this is the industry that I wanted to move towards. And so I have these two experiences and they are like, for a Japanese audience or like in, in Japan. Um, and so I felt a little bit more confident like I would be able to help a Japanese media company. And uh, shout out to my other boss, Japanese boss, Yoichi, um, <laughs> who I worked with before. Uh, I've been following, so he started his own agency. It's called YL Projects. It's the agency that I work at now. Um, and he basically, I, I just DM him and I was like, hey, uh, I'm coming to Tokyo. You wanna like meet up? And he was like, yeah, c- come to the office. And so I, I, I came to the office. Uh, he didn't know this, but actually I was preparing my pitch for myself to be an intern at YL. And so I had these two decks prepared. I had, you know, this, this kind of strategy in mind as well. And so I came, we talked. And after a while, I asked him like, um, hey, are you looking for an intern? Mm. He was like, not really, but we, we, we can talk, we can talk. And then I showed him, like, oh, this is, I did this strategy deck for, for this uh, organization. I did this strategy deck for this, like, uh, this is the results and everything. So I came prepared, you know. Uh, I can't remember who said this, but like, uh, there's this quote from some organi- some someone, I can't remember who, but they said that um, in a negotiation, the one who comes most prepared is the one that wins. Mm. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. So, so I made sure I was like really, really prepared. So I, I came in and then after that, I just, you know, pitched myself basically and I was able to score an internship. You put him in a position that he cannot really um, deny he could he could he could could, but like I mean you're being very um, how to say proactive right yeah you came with a purpose that's why he don't really feel like um, rejecting you would you say I guess so yeah I I mean it might be not so uh, um, clear but um, it's a psychological thing I would say I think being proactive is good though Mm. right and There's I, something I wrong with that. Definitely would suggest if you are trying to move towards the media industry or basically any industry where you are interested in, mm. just be proactive, you know. Come up with something that you can actually present to people and then just DM them. Be like, hey, can we talk? Or I have mm. this thing I prepared for you. We can send it to you for free. Mm. Uh, some of the best opportunities and doors open because of that. So yeah. So uh, that's a good... Especially if you're a student because you have time. Yeah, and you're... Um, so, you know, when you're a working adult, your time becomes a little bit more valuable because let's say you're earning like, I don't know what, 300,000 yen a month, right? So then if you divide it by your working hour, so your hourly rate is higher. But when you're a student, I'm okay with working for like 1,000 yen an hour kind of job. And so because of that, my hourly rate is not worth that much. Mm. So you can just experiment and try so many different things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And especially if you're in like Japan and the main language is not like uh, English, it's difficult to find a job that is in that that you can work 
in your own language, right? Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when we are not really fluent in Japanese, it's really hard to find a job that mm. is tailored to your own career or your own interest. So being proactive or like, you know, just find some people who are, for example, available on LinkedIn or you someone you know before um, might be helpful. Yeah, and the good thing about YL is that it has a bilingual agency. So Yochi is, um, I have two bosses, Yochi and Lucy. Lucy is Australian. So they joined forces to come up with this agency. So I, I felt like I was able to contribute to, to them. Yeah, mm. but I did not earn 100,000 yen a month. <laughs> you had to negotiate again, Desho? I did, yeah. So I did an internship there. Mm. Uh, and then after the internship, I was basically working there remote from, so there are offices in Tokyo and then I was in Nagoya. So, you know, just working and after about, I would say a year or maybe like nine months or something, I was like, hey, um, yeah, maybe about a year, I, I, I basically sent him a message. I was like, uh, let's have a chat and kind of recap what I've done so far and just, you know, how we can like move forward. And I just wanted to present to them, this is, you know, everything that I've done so far. So I compiled it uh, once again into a deck. Um, all the projects I've worked on, literally every single detail and, and like the effect of, of those projects that I had. And I was like, yeah, so I, I kind of want to, to, to do more for YL. So I asked them for like increasing like a specified hours and a specified amount. Yeah. So I won't say the exact amount that I'm earning per hour because I'm still working there and the, and the number of hours. But basically I told them if I earn like 100,000 yen a month as a student, I'm I'm done. I'm like very, I'm comfortable. Like that's enough for me to live. And Very and comfortable. That is like the baseline for me. And so I, I pitched them and very transparent and telling them that. And they were like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And it was a lot of fear. You uh, had really nice bosses, I would say. They, 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 really, they are really supportive. Yeah. Mm. I've never met them before, but from what you've been telling me, I would, I would uh, feel that they, uh, they are very... I would love to have them on the podcast. I yeah, think it would be, be a really fun conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I... Ma, do you think asking for a raise is scary? Have you ever asked for a raise? Mm, not directly. Um, when I was in Vietnam, I was asking my, my manager to give me a raise as a shift manager. I was working in a restaurant and I was like, oh shit, uh, this pay is not enough for me um, as a student. And I asked her, can you just pay me like, you know, uh, 5,000 yen Vietnamese dong more an hour? Or something like that. And she was like, yeah, sure. Mm. Mm. Because I guess the quality of my work was good as well. So they are willing to do so. I guess that's, that's, that's the lesson there. Sometimes you just got to ask. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable. Though. I have to say, I was really, really, really scared to ask. I've never asked for a raise. Right? Money is a sensitive thing. It feels like a sensitive thing, right? It is a sensitive sensitive thing. Yeah. But that's why you have to come prepared. Mm. And and also, I guess, uh, I can't remember who's, I think it's Simon Sinek. He has this really good episode with a diary of a CEO, Stephen Butler, uh, about things young people need to know. And he's talking about like negotiating a race. Mm. In a negotiation for a race, it's not just like black and white. If it's, it's my way or the highway, right? There has to be, of course, give and take. And, and you have to be able to not back yourself in a corner. Like, okay, if you don't give me this, I'm gone, right? It's a negotiation. So mm. you have to be able to, okay, like kind of prime them. You might not even need to ask for a raise. You can say, hey, I, I want to earn 100,000 yen. What do I need to do to get there? Mm. This is what I'm doing so far. What more do I need to do so that I can hit that, that mark, right? 
And so there are like two or three possible outcomes. The first is that they say, yo, do you, you are doing good enough. I, I, yeah, sure, 100,000 yen, sure. Number two is like, okay, you need to do this, 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 and then I'll give you 100,000 yen. And number three is like, no, I don't think that whatever you do, you can earn 100,000 yen. But basically from each point from there, you can kind of go, right? But if you do that way, I think the bosses are way more receptive to uh, giving you like a raise, basically, yeah. Guys, we are upping up our short form content game this year. So if you don't want to miss that out, please follow us at Passion Project JP on Instagram and TikTok. Exclusive content just for you guys. Yeah, you had the viral TikTok, almost 20k views on TikTok. And so how you want to elaborate on how you earn 100,000k as a student in Japan? Mm, so I would um, main, uh, I would um, present my three points first. First, mm. I, I did teaching jobs. Uh, second, I did an internship with a startup. And next one is university job. So those are the, my main uh, source of income mm. to get me 100k. So, um, because I don't have the skills that you have in order to work for like a media company. Thanks. So I just stick to very traditional uh, occupations. And um, as I said, my approach is also different from you. Mm, I think of how much I want to earn um, as like you know the spendings and also the 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 savings that's why i come up with 100k um i also wanted to look for jobs that are um paying me high enough and um don't have to spend a lot of time on it because i also value the time that i i do like um school work and uh, exercising as well it's like doing different projects so that's why i chose the um teaching job uh, university jobs is also um, because I started doing with you, right? The, the Mirai project and mm -hmm. also like some um, video stuff for the school. And I'm still doing it now. And I find it really fun to, you know, interact with professors and other students in the school. That's why I, st I keep um, doing so. Yeah. And the last one is the, um, the internship. So um, I met this, this boss um, very randomly on social media. He was promoting for his new platform called um, Yomoyama. It's like um, a so-called magazine for foreigners uh, living in Japan who wants to explore like hidden uh, gems mm. inside the country. So I was I came in as um, how to say a freelance writer. Freelance writer. Like what? What were you writing? Um, I was just writing some traveling stuff. Um, for example, if I have, um, you remember we went to Nisho yeah. to uh, do some kind of like, um, promoting for promoting, a key house, yeah, like this Airbnb place, Airbnb that we made friends with the owner and he invited us back to, to help promote yeah. this, this Airbnb. For free, for free. He, we yeah. went back there for Nisho for free for a week. He gave us like a hundred K or something just to, you know, like do some promotion and like, um, helping out with the Airbnb. Really fun, yeah. It was really fun. Shout so, out Nagai-san. Nagai-san, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the pay there was around 5k for a post. Mm. And I was doing so, but then I had a lot a lot of conversation with them and, and I tell a lot of, uh, I, tell to, I tell them a lot of about my activities in the university mm. and they were really interested in what I did. So, a year later, they would ask me like, oh, hey, do you want to um, help us out with this um, startup project? And right at that time, like, I would also want to experience something else rather than doing Baito, right? 
So I was like, I was like, sure, yeah, I'm actually also very inter- interested in entrepreneurship, and、um, I can do like social media and everything. So we talked a little bit, and he was like, oh hey, I can、um, pay you this fixed amount of money、um, as long as you can, you know, produce this much、uh, amount of work.、Uh, how does it sound? And I was like, perfect,、um, I can do that. So yeah, that's how I earn a part of my RK income as well. So. I think this the the main difference between yours and mine is that your hundred thousand yen comes from diversified income. Diversified income, yeah. yeah. Whereas mine was like, I kind of focus in on just this one. Just one. To 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 get like a hundred thousand yen.、Mm. So both both are really、uh, viable strategies. I think I could do mine because there's a a certain skill that I had,、mm. and you also like you were building up these different skill sets and and different areas of expertise.、Mm. Yeah. Theo, I realize that you really like、uh, decks. Decks. Everything you do, you <laughs> you do it with decks. Like financial plans is also on the slide. <laughs> um, talking to boss also on the slide. He talked to one of his friend about like how he can promote his um Instagram account also a deck. So like seriously, he's he's um Santiago in real life. <laughs> Santiago. So we've been watching、uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine.、Mm. Okay, but here's I I do think that decks is really important, and here's why. Um. If you present a deck, it automatically shows that you are into this and you are invested in this, and you're putting in effort, and people recognize that you're putting in effort,、mm. right? If you kind of just you know have a, just a casual chat and stuff, then that 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 that's the point. It will remain a casual chat. But if you pull up a deck suddenly, like oh by the way, I prepared this deck for you, and bam, you put it in front of them or with your iPad or you sc- screen share, suddenly they'll be like whoa. But you spend all this time doing this for me, and I didn't ask you to, and so it shows that you are very proactive,、mm. and it's not that difficult to to just you know go on the internet and、like, go and find some information, strategies, insights, combine it with like a case study, which is what you're helping your friend with, or helping whatever company it with, yeah, and then just and just put together a deck, yeah. I also got an internship for making a deck, so I I was rejected in the first place, but then I was like. Why don't I give it another try? So I sent directly my deck to the、um, the hiring manager, saying that these are the reason you should hire me as an intern. So yeah, I got accepted. Yeah, so I guess the lesson is don't take no for an answer. Yeah, there's no harm in trying. There's no harm in asking, right? Like there was no internship available for me as well, and I just ask.、Mm. There was no kind of conversation about getting a raise, but. Just ask, and so, ma. If you want to earn a certain amount or you want to do a certain thing, just be brave. Ask. Prepare a deck. Prepare a deck. Prepare a thoughtful deck. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's how we make a hundred thousand yen as a student in Japan.、Uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM us or email us. We are happy to reply.、Uh, we have a newsletter out, so please go and subscribe to that as well.、Uh, yeah. So follow us on Instagram, TikTok at Passion Project JP. Follow us on YouTube at Passion Project Japan. And、uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Bye.